It's here in the city. It's here in the city. This is here in the city. This is here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris. I'm Sarah Harris. New message. Truth should be truth. But then it depends on, in the telling, whose truth is it. We're here most Tuesdays, bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape and mapping the city with voices of creative social change in and around Los Angeles. On Pacifica Radio, powered by the people, thanks to the generous support of you, our listeners, the capable crew at KPFK, the innovators of web-based radio at SoundCloud, news you might have missed at newsdesk.org, and the community-funded reporting project, Spot Us. You can find us on the web at here in the city. That's H-E-A-R in the city.org. Good afternoon, KPFK listeners, and to those of you catching our show on the web. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2012. On this episode, we take an eclectic tour of Los Angeles-based music. First, we go to a private collection that is open to the public and houses a behemoth of a keyboard. After that, we'll check in with Los Angeles Film Forum about upcoming screenings of works that served as visual sisters to the punk rock scene here in the city. And at the end of the show, we go to Venice Beach with a mariachi odd couple from Boyle Heights as they try to expand their territory. So anyway, we go looking for a trumpet player. comes back. There's no trumpet player. We hired this guy. He plays guitar. And I'm thinking, okay... Already played Vuela. We got the, you know a couple of violin players. We had a bass player. Like how how does a guitar equal trumpet? And what planet does that work? Eres como la verdolaga chiquitita. That's Aurelio Reyes and Gallo de Chiapas singing La Verdolaga. We'll be right back. This is Here in the City. I'm Sarah Harris, and I'm sitting with audio producer and engineer Aaron Scott, who went to visit a really unusual place in Los Angeles called the Nethercut Collection. And Aaron, where is this collection? It's in Selmar. It's in a factory area in Selmar because the Nethercuts uh, were the owners, and it's still family-owned of Merle Norman Cosmetics. What's the first sound that we hear? Well, they have everyone for the tour queue up, line up in front of this building, and you're just waiting there. They tell you you have to be on time, and you're everyone's sitting there as a group. And all of a sudden, a metal garage door opens up, and you get just a peek because you're actually on a slope. So you just get this quick peak as the door opens of many cars 
and lots of older uh, musical instruments. Out of curiosity, how many of you have been here before? You, welcome back. For those of you that haven't been here before, which I think is most of you, um, you are about to view the collections of the Nethercut family. My name is Kyle Irwin, and I'm the curator and master technician at the Nethercut Collection in Silmar, California. The Nethercut Collection houses one of the world's finest collections of luxury automobiles and one of the finest and most complete collections of mechanical musical instruments. And the beauty of our collection is every car works. Everything in the collection is functional fine art. All of our uh, furniture, our museum pieces, genuine Louis XV, Louis XVI, uh, some even older than that, they are here for you to use. Nothing is roped off. You can actually sit down and enjoy and experience a piece, uh, a million dollar sofa or couch, and to experience what it was like then. You know, We just ask that our guests respect it for what it is and what it's worth so it'll always be around. What's magical is every room you walk into, uh, the curator has started up the, the instruments. And so you just get this, you walk through and you get this plethora of sound coming and going. <clears throat> so it's just this ebb and flow of different instruments playing as you walk into the space. from the desk while the music box entertains you. And from Geneva, Switzerland, and it plays a cylinder disc music box. It has a snare drum and it has eight drums and castanets. The instruments, um, throughout the tour, there are a lot of different kind of categories or things with the instruments, but a lot of it is home, what was for home use and home entertainment, and so I describe it like a large music box, but also somewhat like a jukebox, because you have a variety of songs that can play, and uh, the most charming bit is that it's a variety of instruments. It's going to have some hammers that play higher um, keys, like uh, wood blocks or something of that sort. You may have sounds of drums or other things, so it's larger and fuller than a music box, per se. A singular music box that has all of these things in it? What is this object? Uh, a lot of them were tabletop, uh, so it's going to be a box that's probably two feet by maybe three feet. And the most charming bit is a lot of times the hammers or things that would hit a drum or something else in there, they've taken the care to have it be 
One one of my favorites was a uh, hammers hitting uh, bells. It was little uh, bees. So the hammers themselves had uh, craftsmanship and uh, a little playfulness involved. They're shaped like little bees. They are. How old are these boxes? What era do they date back to? Well, we're looking before Tin Pan Alley. So I'm thinking turn of the century, so 1890s through the 20s. Why, why did they decide to collect these things? Uh, well, the Nethercuts were collectors of cars, and then also they just like musical instruments. Uh, the most charming thing about the tour is that everything is working. Everything, any furniture you see in the collection, you can actually sit on when you're visiting. And so it's a very curious place, but a very welcoming place as well. The crowning achievement in this collection is really large. Right now, we're standing in front of the 1918 Mighty Wurlitzer Theater pipe organ. Here at the collection, we have enlarged it so it's now the third largest theater pipe organ in the entire world. Surrounding you in this very room are over 5,100 organ pipes. It has every sound effect you can imagine, and these are real sound effects, nothing artificially produced, no iPhone, iPad, MP3 files. These are the real thing from 1918. And uh, I've been told that that's only one of two American-invented instruments. The other one is the banjo. These sounds were invented to accompany silent movies, to bring a silent movie to life, using not only the organ, but the sound effects. So we have sounds like the Chinese gong. We have boat whistles, doorbells. We have fire bells and a siren. We have our own genuine train bell and 100 PSI train whistle right off of a steam locomotive. And we have a modern day car horn, which is actually a 1939 Cadillac dual horn. And we have a klaxon, which is the old German horn commonly used on the Model T's and the old vintage automobiles. We have police whistles, horse hooves, we have drums, we have cymbals, and the organ will actually play the 11-foot Bosendorfer Concert Imperial Grand Piano. Most pianos have 88 notes, this piano has 97 notes, and we can play it right here from the organ console. We can do duets with ourselves between the piano and the organ. The organ has a state-of-the-art computer. will actually record your performance through electronical signals, and then it will play it back for you exactly as you played it, but no one's at the console.
I'm the first musician, a true musician, that's ever worked here. And so when I first started, I could go through and select the most appropriate music for the big machines, uh, the orchestrians, because it had to be music that showed off what the machine could do. If you put on just a, a simple little uh, folk tune or a dance that didn't only use a third of the instrument, that's not really showing it off to its best. You need to put music on it that uh, really makes the machine shine and put it through its paces. And that's the beauty of it because of it sounds odd to have musical instruments and cars together, but if anything goes wrong, the machinist with the car collection or with the, the overall um, collection, they're able to help create or you know reproduce what needs to be fixed in some of these instruments. They are spring-wound. They run off of a clock spring, and the springs do give away eventually. And so you have to replace the spring or anything, the governors that tighten it and keep it tight, uh, and the casements that would keep it from flying out. Uh, these have thousands of pounds of pressure under these little springs. And if you've ever seen a spring let, let go, it'll take off your hand or your arm or your face. So you don't want to be around or one of these things lets loose, as any clockman would tell you. They're very dangerous. So that's really the only thing that breaks down. As long as you take care of them and the one that operates them knows what they're doing. We'll have photos that Erin shot at the Nethercut Collection and a link to her website on our website here in the city.org. And what is your website? How do we find it? Audiochick.blogspot.com. And you can find it on here in the city.org. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. 93.7 FM in San Diego. And 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. An archive and a podcast of our shows is at Here in the City. That's H-E-A-R in the city dot org. And at kpfk.org, you can like us on Facebook, if you like, and visit us at our website, hereinthecity.org. And follow us on Twitter. That's Black Flag. This Thursday, Los Angeles Film Forum will be screening some very rare movies made in the 1970s of Black Flag and other punk rock bands at the Amundsen Theater at MoCA. Arts editor Jesse Lerner sat down with the head of L.A. Film Forum to talk about some of the upcoming shows. We're here on Grand Avenue with Los Angeles Film Forum's Adam Hyman. Hi, Adam. Hi, Jesse. How you doing? Full disclosure here, I'm on the Film Forum board, so don't expect objective journalism. But we're here to talk about the Alternative Projection film screening series. Alternative Projections is a look at the history of experimental media art in Los Angeles, 1945 to 1980. It's part of Pacific Standard Time, 
And Film Forum is the city's longest running organization looking at and regularly screening non-commercial handcrafted work, experimental and avant-garde film, documentaries, experimental animation. And as far contribution Pacific Standard Time, we have come up with this screening series looking at uh, a wide array of the rich work that's been done in Los Angeles in the post-war decades. And you co-curated this series with Mark Toscano. And coming up here at the Grand Avenue branch of the Museum of Contemporary Art, there's a punk show next Thursday night. Yes, and it's and it's already sold out. So we're gonna re we're gonna add an additional screening of it somewhere, probably at CineFamily. This is a really great collection of both rarely or almost never seen documents or recordings of bands performing, early music videos with them, but at a time before there was MTV, so there weren't really music videos per se, and then people using these bands as their source for early video experiments, playing with video tools that were existing in the late 70s and early 80s, lots of duplication and color field work. So really their opportunity to be experimental video artists, but using what was hot in music at the time. And tell me about the Psychedelic Vision show. Well, this should be pretty great. Uh, we're that show is, the full title is Psychedelic Visions and Expanded Consciousness. And some films, I think, in this may fall closer to what people normally see as psychedelic, trippy colors, uh, and so forth. But others really want to get you into a mood and a space and are really playing with light and color in a way that we really hope, or they, the makers really intended giving you space to meditate or to reach a higher uh, mental state of and so the mix of the two it should make it a pretty trippy and exciting show really good looking uh, some really classic films in it as well a couple of Pat O'Neill films and Pat O'Neill is one of the city's if not the city's great experimental filmmaker works by James and Michael Whitney uh, Beth Block who did optical uh, Beth Block, who did optical printer work. Chick Strand, who another, was another one of the great filmmakers. She died a couple of years ago. And Peter Mays' The Star Curtain Tantra, which is a really trippy film. Uh, and then finally one which nobody ever sees by Felix Venable called Le Ange Dormant, which is actually done as a student film at UCLA in uh, the mid-60s. And it's pretty remarkable. And there's also a show about the optical printer, this machine that filmmakers use to re-photograph frames of film onto film. It's a film camera and film projector in sync with each other, often operated through what at the time must have been pretty primitive software technology. Yeah, it was an entirely mechanical process and really was the way that Hollywood did special effects from the 30s until CGI really took over a decade ago. But what the optical printer could do was really anything you wanted it to do. Freeze frames, stop frames, layerings, you could superimpose images. But again, it was working with film and it was really laborious and you could spend all day and all night shooting things frame by frame. And then you would send it off to be developed and a few days later it'd come back and it could be wrong and it could be right and you'd learn from it and you'd redo the whole thing if you had to. But that's how everything was done. I've been really impressed by the sorts of audiences that have been coming out for this screening series. 
Is it simply the, part of it has to do with the larger Pacific Standard Time Initiative and recouping of municipal or local history of experimentation? It is a starting point definitely with Pacific Standard Time and just getting the word out about possibilities and also placing this film and video work in the greater context of what also was happening in other arts. Um, I think this media art really gets marginalized most of the time and audiences are very small. But anybody who's interested in painting or photography in a regular gallery or museum space, I would think would also find things of interest in video and film art. And so we get some people coming out who just haven't been to film form before, they hear of something else uh, that sounds interesting, or they hear or read about the, how it links to something else that they're interested in, and that brings them to a show, and then hopefully they come to more shows. And a lot of them are films that have not been screened for decades. Some ever, if ever. Um, I mean, just in La the Wallace Berman show, for example, there was a collection of footage shot by George Herms in Topanga Through the Years. Not really a finished film, more of like a journal of a poet, as he called it. And that's stuff that, you know, was never screened. It was never meant as a finished product. So it's not that we're just showing classics, although we are including some in every screening, but we're trying to show a range of the work and the explorations of people practicing media art in Los Angeles through these decades. Well, thank you very much, Adam. Thank you very much, Jesse. We'll have a link to those screenings at Here in the City, that's H-E-A-R in the city, dot org. This is here in the city. Este es here in the city, escuchando la ciudad. Y aquí estamos en Venice Beach with two musical artists. Aurelio Reyes and Sally, Sally Hawkridge. And Sally Hawkridge. And they are a mariachi. They're part we're of a, a mariachi yeah. trio. We're andamos como duo. Yeah, we're a duo. You're a duo, not a trio. And <laughs> yeah. well, um, we can do trios, mariachis, any any kind of mixing music. No. Yeah. No, we have friends we go around with sometimes, so it depends just what's going on, who's busy. Yeah. So tell me about how you started working together. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, two months? No, hace septiembre, ¿verdad? Septiembre. Sí. En septiembre nos conocimos. It was one day in, in Boyle. I was with a couple of friends of mine, and we had been, um, you know, Boyle Plaza? Yeah. So uh, Right by had, Mariachi Plaza. Yeah, Mariachi yeah well, that's Plaza, exactly so. where we were. And um, so I went out with some friends. We had a gig. Then we had got another gig. Our friend said, oh, got a phone call. Oh, we can have another gig when we need a trumpet player. And it's kind of like a well-known cliche that there always lacks trumpet players. Like, everybody's always looking for trumpet players, and... And the trumpet players, they're always like flipping divas, you know? So anyway, we go looking for a trumpet player. He comes back. There's no trumpet player. We hired this guy. He plays guitar. And I'm thinking, okay, I already played Vuela. We got, the, you know, a couple of violin players. We had a bass player. Like, how, how does a guitar equal trumpet? And what planet does that work? So I was like, all right. So we went. We um, followed this guy in his van. He's driving. I drive. This pretty, guy right here next to this, you. Yeah, this fine gentleman, Aurelio Reyes. As, I was following, he drives like flipping, I drive pretty crazy, he drives like James Bond to this gig down in like Wilmington. Fine gig, total crazy fun. And he starts busting out with guitar and singing, I was like, what? 
the hell? Yeah, and then I figured out how he takes the place of a trumpet. Like, yeah. ¿Y cómo pasa eso? How does that happen? Yo creo que es el destino, ¿no? Es una cosa de suerte porque la verdad yo nunca, no lo había conocido, apenas hasta esa ocasión. Y ay, nos llamó mucho la atención porque, ay, dije, una, una güerita tocando música mexicana, caray. Um, algo precioso, ¿no? Bueno, yo creo que ella estaba sorprendida conmigo y yo con ella también porque lo que ella te dijo que pensaba como una guitarra que mejor que una, que una trompeta. Pero yo sé tocar mucho este, las introducciones con el tipo requinto, entonces puedo hacer segunda a la, a la, a la trompeta, entonces oye muy una cosa muy bonita y, y a la vez combinamos dentro del mariachi la música de trío y mariachi, es algo que la gente puede decir que está comprando por, por dos en uno, ¿no? Muy, es como Wikipedia de repertorio, ¿no? No. Yeah, yeah, yo sabe. sí tengo mucha, mucha música, desde niño casi. El gallo de Chiapas se llama usted. Aurelio Reyes, el gallo de Chiapas. I'm from Pennsylvania. You're really from Pennsylvania? I'm really from Pennsylvania. How did you learn the mariachi? Well, I have this um, big friend, major friend up in Seattle, one of the major friends, you know what I mean, like a, a comadre. She's up in Seattle and she got me starting walking these vaqueros. And I was like, um, with Pedro Infante, and I didn't even know anything. I was playing Turkish music at the time. And, um, you know, you don't have to know much Spanish to appreciate, if you're a girl, to appreciate a Pedro Infante movie, right? I was, oh, Pedro. Right? So I decided I have to start learning these songs. It was the best thing ever. Ahora tienes que quererlo, 
voy a hacer si de veras te quiero ya te adoré y olvidarte no puedo Ahora la última pregunta sería, ¿por qué why in Venice Beach are you here? Mm, a ver, para explorar. Looking for a sambiado, pero no. We were exploring different areas, like where could we ask people if they want a song and make money, and we hadn't really. One time somebody said, oh, you know, I think he went with some other friends, said, oh, they made all right money on a Sunday, so we just thought we'd try it out. So next week. Don't look for us here on KPFK. We will be on a seasonal break, but we'll let you know when to hear us next in the radio space. If you check on our website, hereinthecity.org, we will miss you, but we'll let you know when we'll be back. And that's it for Here in the City today. Special thanks to Jesse Lerner, Luis Sierra Campos, Tandisizwe Shimurenga, Daniela Gerson, Sabiha Khan, Albert Chacon, Rachel Salmon, Will Coley, Holly Harper, Karen Ness, and to you, our listeners. We will be back next week with more radio realities from the urban landscape. Until then, you can find us on the web at Here in the City. That's H E.